Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. One of the big things, CFP Chad Merton and myself, we have a good relationship where we could banter, talk about money, tie anything back to money, tie anything back to investing. And like we all make mistakes. You know, sometimes they're mistakes and sometimes they're just life opportunities that cost money. I don't want anyone to die until they've accomplished some of their bucket list. Maybe not their whole bucket list. I don't want you to be Morgan Freeman or Clint Eastwood. Hey, I want to jump out of a plane. You don't have to be 75 years old and jumping out planes to live life. But you should have a bucket list. I don't want you to compromise what you deserve in a relationship. I see that way too often. Stop compromising yourself. Stop compromising you know, who you are in your dating life, who you are in your love life. Don't chase after someone who's clearly not interested in you. It's a financially big mistake that people make. It's a bad habit. And the more you kill bad habits, the better. A lot of people you know, put their physical health before their mental health. Some people put their mental health before their physical health. You gotta work on both. Diet and exercise should be a part of your life, but figuring out how to make yourself happy should be another part of your life. Uh, careful on fad diets. Oh, man. <laughs> I met a woman the other day who's a, uh, a parent, and everyone pushes their business from time to time, right? Is that fair to say? She was pushing, and I got to be careful because this could come back to bite me, but she was pushing her oil business and she's got this like essential oils and like this oil will help your pores open up this oil will help you relax and calm and go to bed this oil it's a little bit of witchcraft to me you know chicken bones chicken bones chicken bones but she said rob as we get older we tend to smell more and she's getting ready to give me a pitch and i said that's good because as we get older we lose our sense of smell right and i i think if there is a God, he, he's crafted almost a perfect system. As we get older, we smell more, so we, we lose our sense of smell. Our bodies smell more, right? As we get older, our spouses become more annoying. We lose our sense of hearing as we get older. Um, as we get older, we try to remember how hot and beautiful being young was, and our eyesight starts to go bad, which is perfect. Because then your spouse looks like a 10 when she's really what, two and a half. That's right, yeah. Jack. That's right, Jack. Um, membership points and air miles. My gym has lifestyle points. It's kooky. Kooky. And um, I don't use them. I can give them away to you. I can give you a free swim lesson. I, and I don't use them. I use all my air miles and things like that. But keep in mind, air miles change. Well, I had a friend who a couple years ago, I had a friend who was French. And... She said, uh, Sacre bleu. 
um, so she had a Southwest credit card and she got points on Southwest. And then Southwest said, you know, we're changing the way those points actually work. To me, points are money. Whether it's Starbucks who says 10 cups of coffee, get you a free cup of coffee. Whether it's the massage place that says uh, 10 massages, get you one free massage. That's money. That's money. That's gold, Jerry. That's gold. Use those points. The credit card will use them. That's gold, Jerry. Go. Amazon gives you 5% back and you suddenly have like $600 waiting for you. Use it. $600 isn't going to go as far as it did this year in five years from now. There's going to be inflation. Use those points before the inflation eats away their value. Or before someone like Amazon says, you know what? We're, we're, we're discontinuing that program and we're only going to honor half the points. It's in their paperwork. They can do whatever they want. I think that's, uh, I think when we get married, we should have paperwork that says, we're married. I can do whatever I want. There was a comedian who once said, once you're 80, you should be able to do whatever you want. And when you're 81, you should be like, if you want to litter, you're allowed to litter. <laughs> you know, if you want to tell a cop to, to bug off, you can tell a cop to bug off. You're darn tootin'. I'm not going to make 80. I'm not gambling on that. There's not a line in Vegas that, that has my odds, but I'm not, ga- I'm not betting on it. <laughs> Um, 800-516-1220. I'm trying to talk about some of the bad habits that we have that cost us money. And they're just bad habits. Um, one of them, oh, this drives me crazy, is people who cancel at the last minute. And it costs them money. Or people who plan vacations at last minute. And it's double the price. Stop being Mr. and Mrs. Last Minute. Stop using convenience stores for things that are convenient. Go to the grocery store. Safeway sells paper towels. 7-Eleven sells paper towels. You know, you can get cheap milk at 7-Eleven, but it's going to be expensive to get paper towels. Like, they, they get you on other things. So, I've often said, if you've ever seen me in a radio shack, I'll give you $10,000. I've never been spotted out in the wild at a radio shack. Fair? Fair? Same thing with 7-Eleven. You won't see me in 7-Elevens. Because that's a bad way of running money. If you ever see me at an ATM machine getting money out, I will give you $100,000. Unless it's the... Unless I have a banking relationship that said Bank of America or whoever my banker is. So I just won't do it. I, I don't pay ATM fees. I work hard for my money. There was a day in college where I was just a poor, struggling college student. And uh, I had to go-go dance. And when you shake it, you shake your uh, booty, you, you, it, it's, it's work. So every dollar I earned, I was like, I'm going to keep that dollar. So I, I, you wouldn't catch me using an ATM machine. Where, like, it's $3 to get your own money. I'm like, what? That's crazy. What are you talking about, fool? I'm not paying $3. So I talk to my ATM machine a lot like Mr. T talks to me. Shut up, fool. I know, right? And for the record, I was never a go-go dancer in college. I was just talking about food? a point. Uh, one of the things I did a couple years ago, I bought a Nest thermostat. I like playing with technology. It's expensive, right? But it also taught me that I've got really bad habits with consumption of energy. 
life lesson, short-term pain, $120 for a thermostat, long-term gain, better habits. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I look at retirement and money and savings pretty interestingly. Um, if I go to a Sharks game or a baseball game, I like to partake my adult beverages typically on the way or on the cheaper side. You don't want to be paying 10 bucks for a beer unless you're stinking wealthy or unless you're saying, I'm just going to make a financially bad decision. Give me that $12 beer. Wait, wait, it's 14. If I get a free plastic, give me the $14 beer with free plastic souvenir. So you have to budget. I can't ever find in my budget overpriced beer. Can't do it. So in my days of being young and going out on a Friday night or on a Saturday night, cue bad teenage song. We're going out to a party. Um, chaka, chaka, chaka. A little pre-drinks at the house saves you a little bit of money versus the bar. So you got to learn budgeting. What can you ever find a $12 beer in your budget? You got to manage your debt. I just recently purchased a second home and my debt is swelling both on the mortgage side and on the new furniture side. You got to manage your savings. I think that's real important. Save for retirement as early as you can make the most of your contributions through available employer matches. So budgeting, managing debt, and savings are probably the three most important things to get you started. Come on, ease on down, ease on down the road. You know, the road to retirement, the whiz, the Wizard of Oz. You got to get the perspective first. You ever watch a international soccer game, you don't know the rules, and you're like, what's going on? You don't have the right perspective. You got to get a good perspective on budgeting, spend less than you earn, and prepare for emergency costs, medical expenses, car repairs. You got to learn to manage debt, eliminate high interest debt sooner than later, like credit cards or private student loans. You got to understand the idea of saving, save for retirement early, make the most of what your employer gives away in a match, and that's where we start. So, budgeting. There's all sorts of rules, and 50%, there's the 50-15-5 rule, and I hate rules. I think it, it's, it's a good place to start discussions, but to me, I look at a yellow line on a road as a suggestion. Lines are meant to be crossed, and that's not good, because I'm blending my world of finance with my world of, of driving. But officer, I thought that line was supposed to be crossed. Give me your license and insurance and shut up. So 50% of your, your money should go to your essential expenses. What's an essential expense? You're talking car, food, health care, child care, student loans, minimum debt payments. You want to shop around for the best rates 
on everything. Car insurance. Is there a difference between car insurance between Allstate, State Farm, Geico, and USA? A lot of times that's just a utility. That's just a service, right? Have a game plan when you go to the grocery store. Try to avoid those impulse purchases. You know, I can't tell you how much meat in my life has gone bad because I was like, oh, I'll cook in, in home for the next three nights. And then I, I do for one or two. That meat at the counter gets old faster than the meat that's wrapped in plastic. So even if you buy meat at a counter, go home and put in a Tupperware and, and like seal the air in as, much, as best you can. Where's the beef? Where is the beef? Um, anytime you can save money, do. I put it this way. If someone's willing to buy you a drink, say yes. 15% of your paycheck should go into retirement savings. You're not going to have a pension, more than likely, and you can't rely on Social Security to pay enough of your retirement. So you have to supplement your retirement with an extra 15%. I talk to the teachers in the state of California twice a year. And one of the things that is pushed upon me to mention to them is your retirement the state provides needs to be supplemented. And what stinks about this is that teachers are great people. And out of nowhere, an insurance agent will come to the school and say, you should, you should check the, the box that says my annuity. And I'm going to leave some pizzas here. And you, got, you, you people are great people. And I'm going to come back in a couple weeks with more pizzas. But don't forget to check my box. Now, what he's not telling you is like it's, he gets a big fat commission. And you don't need that. And that's going to cause you to underperform. So 15% of your paycheck needs to go towards supplementing your Social Security in retirement. Whether you're a teacher, a firefighter, a foo fighter, or, I don't know, a rock'em sock'em robot. Meet your employer match. So if your employer matches the first 3%, 6%, say yes. Increase your contributions every year. I know some people at the TV station and radio station that I work for, and I'm like, how much do you save for retirement? And they're like, well... About 5%. I'm like, do 6% this year. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. The more you save, the, the better off you're going to be. Allocate part of your raise or bonus to retirement. You know, build an emergency fund. That's super important out of your short-term savings. You want to get three to six months set aside in case something unexpected happens to you, like your car breaks down or you have a medical emergency. You know, it's your emergency funds isn't for a 50 inch TV as much as I want it to be. It's not. Once you have your emergency fund, turn to savings for other short term expenses. Like if you're asked to be in a wedding or you accidentally put your phone through the laundry yet again. You know what's kind of cool? I've put my AirPods through the laundry once and they still worked. It either tells you that my laundry machine has like spit for uh, power or. Somehow, some way, some shape, some form, Rob Black got lucky. I know you're saying, wow. Rob Black got lucky. Keep that to yourself. So resist the temptation to use credit cards to fund basic expenses in your life. Resist putting your emergency fund into a TV or a vacation. Instead, try to put it into a separate fund that's not easy to get to. If you already have an emergency fund and haven't had any unplanned expenses this year, you can always reject, reject some of your emergency fund savings towards retirement. So some great ideas. Always continue to chip away at your debt. Don't give up on it. 
Start saving for your kid's college sooner rather than later. Start saving for your kid's wedding sooner rather than later. Start saving for your kid's tuition sooner rather than later. Put some more money aside for retirement. Always a good idea. Don't just not have a plan. This isn't hard. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money invested in more. Thanks for joining me. Talking about retirement, talking about investing, talking about markets at all time highs and much, much more. Stock market and the wall of worry. It seems to be earnings are beating the worries. It seems to be the economy are beating the worries. Let's bring in the one, the only Patrick O'Hare. End of summer, Patrick O'Hare. Are you well rested? Are you ready to get back to the the fall trading season? I am, Rob, and it's nice to be back with you. It's always great to talk to you. And I was thinking about it before I came on just a couple minutes ago, and. Uh, We've been talking about 15 years on and off, and uh, I've been following briefing for 20 years, it feels like, maybe 19, 18, um, and the market's at all-time highs. So I think we should keep this partnership going. <laughs> I'd have to agree with you. I think uh, we got a good thing going. With that being said, it's kind of interesting that I'm pulling off uh, kind of a, what's it called when you're paranoid and you, uh, a good luck charm? I'm associating the market going up with briefing.com and... Uh, that can get you, get you kind of dangerous when you start thinking like that. Yeah. With that Indeed said, the wall, of, <laughs> the wall of worry that you wrote about on Briefy.com's page one today, you, you started it perfectly, Stairway to Heaven. Um, the market's climbing a stairway to heaven. It, it's just glorious. And now it's starting to, the rally is starting to broaden out, and we're starting to get towards the end of the year, and we're up 9 10% roughly for the S&P 500 when you include dividends. And it's, it seems like things are... Good to go. Would you agree with that assessment? Well, you know, right. I mean, you're kind of at the promised land when you're sitting there watching them, you know, just about every major industry uh, hitting a record high. Uh, and the fact that you've gotten there, driven by uh, very strong earnings growth and what are still relatively low interest rates. Um, now, clearly, there's a lot of external issues around there that could have undermined the, the equity market. But I think you take a step back, you can only um, you know, make the assessment that uh, investors are tuning out that noise and are focusing on the fundamental factors of you know the things that they know. And that what they know is that earnings growth is incredibly strong. Uh, inflation, uh, while creeping up, is still not high. And interest rates, while creeping up, are, are still not high. Uh, and so that's a pretty good fundamental backdrop there to uh, keep this bull market going. Um, so that's not to say that you couldn't have a pullback here you know, in the short term. You've obviously had a really strong run over a short-term basis. But uh, thus far, you know, market participants haven't been spooked into really getting out of the market altogether. Even on down days, you oftentimes see a rotation into other sectors that you know, mitigate uh, uh, some of the downside that you see on days when the market does pull back. <laughs> With that said, the wall of worry, uh, Trump getting impeached, kind of has that maybe a day-to-day effect on the market. And then you get the trade agreements and the tariffs, and that has a day-to-day. Um, the higher interest rates not sinking the markets yet. The higher commodity costs not sinking the markets yet. 
Um, is it just because we have jobs in America that we continue to, to rocket? Not rocket. Let me tone it down to move higher. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, again, I think that this certainly is a, is a helpful factor, right? Is that, you know, when you have a, a strong labor market and you have what we saw this morning, clearly very high levels of consumer confidence. Uh, and importantly, what was wrapped up in the conference board's consumer confidence report was an indication that consumers also have an improved outlook for their short-term income prospects. You know, while high levels of consumer confidence are certainly helpful for consumer spending, uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's income growth that really drives consumer consumer spending. And so when you pair the two together, uh, it, it is a good backdrop to think that you would continue to see solid levels of consumer spending, which is obviously going to be a good thing for overall GDP growth since consumer spending accounts for you know, approximately 70% of, of GDP. So so things are looking reasonably good, you know, uh, in the very short term here, certainly, as it relates to the economic growth outlook for the United States and certainly for the earnings growth outlook. Um, you know, something we've talked about in the past, Rob, you know, is you know, when does the market then transition to, uh, to thinking that, uh, you know, this is as good as it gets, you know, um, where, where you see deceleration in earnings growth and you start to see valuation concerns creep into the equation again. But, you know, we're not there right now. I mean, you, you can see that in the forward estimates, uh, for the third quarter and the fourth quarter, you do see a deceleration in our earnings growth estimates, yet the market still remains very uh, fixed on uh, on the understanding that you know, second quarter earnings are, are growing at roughly 25%, uh, and uh, you haven't seen a real market pickup in interest rates yet. And so it, it's, it's, it's not... Uh, it, reacting too negatively to to valuation concerns right now. Can I ask the ridiculous question? It's a market timing question. It's, do you feel like we might be a frog in a, a, a kettle of water that's slowly boiling? Um, the higher interest rates, it's expected the Federal Reserve's going to raise rates again in September and again and again in December and then four times next year. Are we going to wake up in this, this party, this stairway to heaven is going to be no, no stairs beneath us, and we fall. Um, right. Is that what you maybe? That's what I'm predicting for 2019. Is it has to end at some point? Yeah. Well, you know, and that's where we always, talk, you know, you hear a reference to the Fed, you know, tending to to be the uh, uh, the catalyst to a recession because it, you often see recessions follow, uh, you know, an interest rate hike cycle, right? And uh, what's interesting right now, though, is that uh, you know, Fed Chairman Powell said last week that look. You know, the economy is, is in good shape, uh, and we're likely to continue to raise the rates in a gradual fashion. And you saw the market rally on that declaration that rates are going to go up. You know, there was a time a few years ago where any suggestion uh, uh, you know, of a similar kind, you would have seen the market react quite negatively because all the market wanted then was for interest rates to remain unchanged. Uh, and I think what it underscores uh, is, is this this understanding that higher interest rates are a byproduct of a strengthening economy. And with a strengthening economy, you get stronger earnings growth. And the fact that the Fed is managing this in a somewhat, uh, you know, in a, quote, gradual fashion, you know, leaves the market comfortable at this point, thinking that it can tolerate, you know, rising interest rates still because, you know, valuations aren't entirely out of whack and you continue to get really strong earnings growth, particularly from, uh, the market's, you know, mega cap leadership names. 
It's pretty crazy. Speaking of mega caps, Apple, which you highlighted in your page one column, which I start my day every day with, Monday through Friday, has risen 14.5% since the end of July, and it's up another maybe 1% today, half percent in that angle. Um, that's a big move. And I asked my radio listeners and my TV audience to write down $1 trillion, the market cap, write down the numbers, and then write down the number of people, let's say 8 billion people on the planet. And it's pretty... To me, that's pretty intimidating that I, I own shares of Apple. It's my largest holding. I'm, I'm thrilled. But at the same yeah. time, I look at it and I'm scratching my head and going, are we counting on every is Apple going to start selling chickens? Like, how are they going to keep this up? <laughs> well, it's thoughts on move. thoughts on the mega cap. Yeah, it's an astounding move, certainly for a company that size. You know, and, and I mean, you could look at it uh, in a number of ways. You know, Apple's. You know, technically, its own economy, you know, with a trillion dollar market cap, uh, it's its own stock market, you know, in a way when you consider, or its own ETF in a way when you consider the halo effect of, of Apple and, and all the suppliers that contribute to uh, to Apple's products. Um, so it, it's truly remarkable, but it's not alone. You know, you've seen Amazon.com rise right along with it in, in a remarkable fashion. You know, the likes of Google. You know, um, you know. Even Facebook, which has rebounded from its, you know, its ugly second quarter print, um, you know, those stocks all keep going up. And so, um, you know, the concern, obviously, I think people need to keep in mind, though, is that they are so loved, right? They are so um, mm-hmm. uh, overowned in a way. So um, that's where the liquidity is, right? And so if you get into a period where you see a dislocation in the equity market driven by some type of systemic issue, uh, or even a mechanical trading issue, which we you know have seen in the past, um, you're going to see stocks like this get hit quite hard because you know in fast markets, it, people can't sell what they they want; they sell what they can. And uh, and when you see stocks like this that have such high liquidity and and certainly are are owned far and wide, you know those are the ones that can get hit pretty quickly. So something to keep in mind, you know, as you see these things keep rising day after day, um, where, you know, could be prudent to trim some of those gains, but, you know, not necessarily sell out of them altogether, because they are great companies that are continuing to grow uh, quite strongly and, and certainly have um, some very, uh, you know, strong market leadership positions. We only have about 30 seconds left for you to free range with this, and then I'll give you a good plug on the way out. Any 30-second thoughts that you can give me? Well, you know, uh, we've got um, some important data coming up here later in the week on Thursday, the uh, the personal income and spending report for July. And, and the reason it's important is because it's, it's going to set the stage, if you will, for, uh, uh, for third quarter GDP growth estimates, right? Economists out there already with their with their forecast but uh but when you get this actual number coming for july you'll see economists tweak those numbers and that will give us some insight as to whether you might see another quarter or four percent growth or uh or we might have to 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 taper down those expectations so keep an eye on that number uh because it will be an important one you're the best thanks for joining me and it's been a great run and the run continues apparently for now it's Briefing.com, I start my day every day. Anytime I want to pull up some research, I go straight there. You can punch in a ticker symbol. You can read the perspectives of the page one, the bond column, the weekend perspective, the swing trading, the IPO markets. There's a ton of information here. Good stuff. Um, you can find out more at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. It's Patrick O'Hare, and I always appreciate him coming on the show.
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So one of the reasons I do this show is to help get you to retirement. It's also to give me perspective and help me psychologically because otherwise I'd be bankrupt from spending so much money on a therapist. I've got a lot of concerns and a lot of anxieties about the world. So when you have children, you start understanding, like, uh, what does the future look like? Not so much the now. Certainly when you're, you know, under 18, it's all just, you know, a big world. And then in your 20s, you kind of like start stretching your legs, so to speak, and experiencing it on your own. And you're very selfish, self-motivated. You want to do it without, you know, mom and dad behind you holding your bike up. You want to ride off on your own. And when you have a kid sometimes in your 20s, 30s, or 40s, you start going, whoa, what's the future look like? I can't just do this for myself anymore. So I'm trying to help a lot of future generations, not necessarily the current generation. It's going to get tougher out there, in my opinion. Yes, automation and robots and artificial intelligence will create more jobs, but they're also going to take away a lot of the simpler jobs. Um, In 10 years to 20 years, every five years of doing radio, I see massive changes. When I started working with CBS and Clear Channel, they had big staffs. They had staffs where people, you didn't know, like, what's he doing all day? And slowly but surely, as the money came out of radio and went to TV and money came out of TV and went to the Internet, things changed. So I've seen staffs of, you know, 30 people radio stations turn into staffs of 10. I've seen staffs of 400 in television turn into staffs of 60 to 70. And that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week kind of operation. So I'm worried about the future. And how do we you know, help our kids you know, push forward? Um, there's a lot of neat things happening in society, but there's a lot of scary things. I met one of the first people who goes to a high school on Oracle's campus. Isn't that kind of cool? And isn't that kind of the future? to build high school campuses um, on top of a big campus. Like, shouldn't Google do that at some point? Because you know, when you're talking about housing as many employees, you could, you could house a whole high school. But then again, that gets kind of weird. Hey, where's your mom and dad work, Oracle? <laughs> where's your mom and dad work, Oracle? Stop asking. So that's changing a little bit. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Oh, new trade deal with Donald Trump, with Mexico. Some of the details started getting computated yesterday, and a lot of people are rushing to buy cars now. Wait, just a minute. <laughs> And stop thinking about stop thinking about that. So the tentative trade agreement with Mexico, the one thing you can count on is higher car prices. The new agreement is going to push production costs higher on Mexican products, parts, and vehicles, which eventually will be paid by American consumers. Trump said he made a limited bilateral trade agreement with Mexico that excludes Canada, so it can't actually be done. We can't fast track trade agreements that are just between two countries. Got to get the third country in there. 
Vehicle costs are going up for other reasons, including higher transaction prices because the richer mix of utility vehicles. I saw, is it an Escalade? $100,000 starting price? Whoa. We're moving things along, we're moving them along fast. But not only will vehicles go higher because the new, not, don't call me NAFTA deal, the new Mexican, Mexico, USA uh, trade agreement, uh, but also higher metal tariffs. More technology content is being put in, which is both good and bad, right? We should be able to get to a point in the next 10 years where teenage deaths in automobiles start to decline appreciably. We start putting more cars on the road that could sense accidents. So the expectation for car prices is that the move is going to raise overall costs by requiring 75% of the value of parts in the car to be made in North America and 40% of the total car to be built in plants where workers make at least $16 an hour. Now, $16 an hour doesn't sound like a lot per se in the United States, but you get a factory in Missouri, and that's a darn good paying job. You get a factory in the boonies of Mexico, and that's a darn good paying job. So there's some positives in this, but there's also some negatives. Do you want to help people have better pay, but you pay more for a car, right? So that's out there. Um, Best Buy is lower today by 5%. They topped expectations, but a little bit of profit taking going on. Shares are up 19% year to date. So down 5% today, up 19% for the year. Is that a fair? I think it's fair. The Case Shiller Home Price Index for June came out, and it showed a slowing of home price appreciation, and yet it's double wage appreciation. So even as the housing market slows, it's still killing the people that don't have a home and can't afford a home. So that's out there. California wine country, a year after the fires, people are still fighting with insurance companies about payouts and rebuilding costs. Um, I don't live in denial. At some point in time, a disaster is going to happen to me. And am I financially ready for it? I am. Because I see people underinsured. I see people with below average insurance companies. Time to review your insurance products. I use a lot of USAA and Geico for my insurance products. Who do you use? I like the low-cost call center approach versus the, the, the agent approach, per se. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Lots of channels. Nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.